It's an NBA All-Star Break Roundtable Edition, the top of the Western Conference. I think all of us belong to be here. Or do none of us belong to be here because the Suns are just so much better than everyone else? Draymond, will we see you again? And Memphis, are you for real? We'll discuss those all things as we head into the second half of the season with the top of the heap, Western Conference All-Star Break NBA Roundtable here on Locked On, all sorts of stuff. Network, your team every day. It is not Locked On NBA, but I would strongly suggest that for your second listen of the day. I super appreciate you making Locked On Jazz the first listen, if that's what you just did. (laughs) Or if you did Locked On Grizzlies with the great Sean Coleman, we appreciate that. Brendan Clean of Locked On Suns. And Cyrus with too many vowels in his last name of Locked On Warriors. Like, what were they doing? Playing Scrabble and they like ran out, like the like went into labor and they chose the leftover letters as like your last name? What, like, what were they I, doing? I, I still I haven't talked to my dad in 30 years because of that. So no, I'm just kidding. But no, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. Pleasure to be on the program, though. All right. Uh, we've got a bunch of things we're gonna run through the top of the West. They if you look at the bet online uh at uh lines right now, the Suns are finally, I believe, for the first time all year. Um <laughs> Near the favorites to win the the West, crazy. Four and a half months later, we we got there. Right. You last time I checked, the Suns went to the NBA Finals last year, won the West, and yet I go to bet online, and the Suns are finally plus one seventy five to win the West. The Warriors are plus one ninety, the Jazz are plus six seventy five, and Memphis is plus twelve hundred. Ooh. I have my questions. I, I, I have my questions. We'll, we'll get to those at a later time, though. So let's start, actually, with the fact that the Phoenix Suns are on pace to win 68 games, and yet the MVP does not include a conversation about Chris Paul or Devin Booker. The league is talking about the Brooklyn Nets and what they're going to look like. Like, Is there a chance here... Brendan, that the Phoenix Suns are actually a dominant basketball team that's way better than everybody else in the rest of the in the NBA, not just the West, but in the NBA. Yeah, I think there's absolutely a case to be made. And and the record is one part of that. The fact that I think they've won 18 out of 19 now after an 18 game winning streak in, in last calendar year, like they have left no question unanswered about their performance this year, but they also have been dominant in the clutch. Like there's really not a part of the resume you can poke a hole in. We can talk about the MVP if you guys want to, but uh, this is a team that is thought of, I think, in those, oh, it's the Hawks in 2015 or it's the Raptors some of those years. It's not that. They are elite. They are historically dominant right now, and I could totally see a world where they just really storm through. I, I, I it's, it's crazy to say anything like that so far out, but they haven't given us any reason to doubt that that's within them at the very least. Then let's get to why. Why are they yeah. better than everyone else? Yeah, well, they're top three in both offense and defensive efficiency. They have two guys who we can debate which one of them should be the MVP, but the fact that they have two, I think, says enough. They are deep as heck. They're deeper than last year easily. They have had strides made by all their young players. Um, they have three centers, where last year they only had one, and that was a mm-hmm. big problem for them. Uh the clutch that I just mentioned there, I think 38-0 now after leading 
in going into the fourth quarter. They have like a 24 and three record when they go into clutch minutes, which is a, a five point game within the last five minutes. They haven't struggled in really any area of basketball all season long. And if they are healthy, I think that they are going to be as tough to beat as most any team we've seen in recent NBA history outside of, you know, maybe the Warriors a few years ago or whatever. They don't have that superstar Kevin Durant type guy, Steph Curry type guy, but they have everything else. All right. So why not? Let's the three of us discuss why not. I will say this. I find the clutch numbers to be my why not. In other words, it's unnatural. If anyone studied clutch numbers, they, they swing one year to the other. It's a little bit of luck. Um, I, it, they, they're not great analytical numbers. They probably should, we, what we really should dig into is how many times have they gone into the clutch with a five point lead, right? If that's the case, then they should be 23 and whatever they are, because they've had a five, you know, it's, you don't lose five point leads in the last five minutes, unless you're the jazz playing the Lakers in the last, game before the break. <laughs> um, but is Cyrus, why not? Why not? Oh, the Phoenix Suns? I can get like a list, uh, list the laundry list for you. Uh, for starters, uh, I remember Christmas Day like it was yesterday, and it was only six weeks ago in reality when the Warriors beat them in their own house. I remember clearly the Phoenix Suns should have blew, they should have lost in the first round last year to the Lakers. I'm not forgetting that. I mean, if if uh, if Anthony Davis doesn't go down, I don't think they win that series. Um, so until the Suns prove that they can beat the Warriors healthy, uh, I, I'm not sold. You know, it's, it's play, and and regarding the MVP argument. Few years back, there were the Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant split the MVP vote. Those two were arguably the best players in the NBA. They neither won the MVP because everyone thought, well, they have each other. And I'm guessing that's why Chris Paul and Devin Booker will not win it because they have each other. MVPs are usually given to the star of a team, not one of the two mega stars of a team. So that's my take on it. I have to jump in. The, the Suns did beat the Warriors when not healthy because Devin Booker didn't finish the game and they still won once. So. True. We do have to, I mean, they did it. They've done but, what you just asked them to do. True, but that was way early in the season. <laughs> and then when they played on Christmas, which was the most recent match in Phoenix, I might add, that first one that you're re yeah. referencing was also in Phoenix. Uh, the Suns were healthy and yeah. and the Warriors didn't have Wiseman. They didn't have any centers on that roster. Kevon Looney is not a natural center. And the Warriors won handily. That was not even a game. Um, I, I, yeah. I can understand Suns fans being pissed at Warriors fans and, and Dub Nation in general for, for the relative lackadaisical attitude we have toward Phoenix. But look, I I do not worry about the Suns right now. Now, if they, they play one more time this year and these regular season matchups, I think carry meaning in the sense of psychological warfare, right? Like you want that momentum yeah. and confidence going into the postseason to remind that other team, hey, look, we beat you. And there's another thing, too. Stephen Curry does not lose to Chris Paul. The last time he lost to Chris Paul in a meaningful game was 2014. That was eight years ago. So until Chris Paul proves to me that he can beat Stephen Curry, I'm not worried, my friend. I'm sorry. I have to give it to Sean because what the Suns do is they lose to John Morant. So you actually, I feel like, have a pretty uh, high hill to sit on here, man. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much you can actually put it on this, but something that, you know, I think I'll be honest with you. I think the Suns are the most complete team in the West. I think the Warriors and the Suns are on their own tier. The Grizzlies a bit above the Jazz in terms of where I rank the teams right now. The thing that I think is a fair question, the health of Chris Paul. 
the last two times that he made it as far as he did in the playoffs with Houston in the Western Conference Finals and with the Suns last year to the finals, he was not 100% healthy. If he can stay 100% healthy, I think the Suns are very, very good odds. As a matter of fact, I, I can make an argument that they're the favorite. But can he stay healthy? I know last year you had the condensed schedule. This year, a bit more spacing, regular season. But can he stay healthy when it comes to the playoffs? And if he does go down, are the Suns going to be able to find what they need to find? They did last year with DeAndre Ayton stepping, stepping up. But the big key for the Suns, in my opinion, can Chris Paul stay healthy and effective throughout a full playoffs? If they can, I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns are there again. I, I like to give a lot of credibility to teams that are like in the top three in both offense and defense as they head into the playoffs because it's what I did last year to the Utah Jazz. <laughs> well, David, you bring up a great point because, uh, you know, look, the Warriors – their, their championship pedigree right now is unmatched, right? They, I mean, this is a team that their star players went through a five-year run. The five-year run, they know how to play the long game. This is what I'm reaching on Locked On Warriors, is that a lot of Dub Nation's freaking out right now. They've lost four or five. Um, I keep reminding them, look, the Warriors are still 42 and 17. But the Warriors are not concerned with the regular season, and your Utah Jazz are evidence of that. Uh, a young team... To me, the regular season does matter too, right? Like, because you're kind of building your identity, you're gaining experience. For a team like the Warriors, I, this the regular season, they look at it as just as just a part of the process. The postseason is the season that counts. Um, and that's why, unfortunately, David, your Utah Jazz are just being dissed a lot because of the last few years. I still think the Jazz are dangerous. I, I don't want to underestimate your team. They are a very dangerous team if they can prove themselves in the postseason, but from the Warriors perspective, I just wanted to lay it out. Like they're, they're, they're so experienced. They're such a veteran team. I know they have youngsters as well, that the regular season is just something like a warm up. It's like almost like the preseason to them. So um, dub nation is not overly concerned in my opinion. I'm going to push back just a little bit. Go ahead, David. Go ahead. No, you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to push back just a little bit about the Warriors. This the, the, the regular season is just a bit of a warm up to them yeah. because the Warriors have not been to the playoffs the past two years. And I Correct. get that they have the experience that they do. But in my opinion, one thing that does stand out is this, is that this may not necessarily be a different Warriors team, but I do think that with Clay coming back after a two-year layoff, with Draymond potentially going to have to come back from his injury, I do think that this is a different Warriors team where you're going to have to trust pieces that you've not seen be in the playoffs before to step up and truly give them a finals run. I that think that's a big difference that stands out for them not being in the playoffs for two straight seasons. So I think that that is one narrative to watch. That is potentially one narrative where you may not get the same clay. You may not get the same Draymond that was there for those championship runs. So who's going to step up? I know you've got Jordan Poole. You've got a plethora of guys that can do it, but can they do it consistently to the point to be there for clutch moments to get you through three playoff series and then to have a legitimate shot in the finals. That is one concern I think is there for the Warriors. I don't mean that as a, you know, harsh negative. I just think you could. it's a legitimate point to make. It is Look very at legitimate. Smirk on Brendan's and Brandon Brandon's face, like he's got his little smirk. Like I'm sitting here, I'm 52 and three. You know, I went to the finals last year. Smirk on his face. We'll let him have his say on his smirk when we continue. We also have to discuss, quite honestly, all there's a legitimate reason on all three of our parts of why we can't beat the Suns. Like, uh, you know, we can diss the Suns why they're not quite right. I don't know that any of us are actually right enough to beat the Suns, which might be as big an issue as anything else. We'll discuss that when we continue. Today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Should I just go back here? Oh, 
how many rappers do you think I can find in this pigsty of an office? <laughs> Over under 45 and a half. Let's see. What do we have? I haven't tried the read today. We have the coconut brownie chunk, oh. which is unquestionably mm, the number one flavor in all built bar. Do we all agree? Yes. Anybody else? Cookies and cream myself. Cookies and, cookies and I'm a cookies and cream guy myself, but that's not a bad flavor. Okay. Have we tried the marshmallow infused mm. puffs? No. Lemon cheesecake. Lemon cheesecake oh. is the puff. They're the puff crazy. of crazy. They're great. Like, I how are these a protein bar? <laughs> oh, I got the munchies now. You're killing and, me. And well, you're in California, so that's legal. Um, this here. Is the, and here we have the Cheero Puffs, which evidently I was so ravenous that I didn't keep the package in one piece. It's all at built.com. Go check it out. Promo code LOCK15 will get you the protein bar that flat out tastes like a candy bar. The protein infused marshmallow puffs are crazy. I've actually. I have a whole like Tupperware crate thing that's in our pantry that's filled with built bars and it's full and they launched mint puffs and I I I think for my well-being I can't order more until my crate <laughs> actually got room because right now there's a whole box of grasshopper cookie ones that I haven't even gotten into the bar thing yet. So anyway, <laughs> check them out. You can go get them. You can also get puff boxes together. It's all at built.com. Promo code is locked 15 to get you 15% off. There's four votes here. We all, Sean, what's your favorite one? Coconut brownie? I would say cookies and cream. But the, but the big mm. question that I have is this. Which has more? The Memphis Grizzlies having great players or Bilt Bar having great tasting protein bars? That's the question that I'll honestly ask you, David. Well, and I'm telling you the coconut brownie chunk is the John Moran of coconut. Of there. Oh. All right. It is. The cookies and cream will be fine. Promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com. <laughs> All right, Brendan, you stayed quiet. There was a little smoke coming out of your ears yeah. outside those oh, headphones. I could see it. It was. What do you got? I look, I have said on my show for weeks now, um, the Warriors and the Bucks are as things currently stand, the East is really wonky. They have a lot of great teams who we know very little about, so it's hard to really put anything out there. We're not talking about the East right now. The West, it's just the Warriors for me. And you guys were talking about how how to beat the Suns, who can beat the Suns. Uh, what's interesting about this team, and even more so this year, I would say, than last year, because I, I mentioned the center situation, which everybody really pointed to coming off the finals. They had Their only backup centers were Dario Scharch and Frank Kaminsky, who were unorthodox, kind of small ball, not very good defensively. Now they have like three... DeAndre Ayton replicas or two DeAndre Ayton replicas and a DeAndre Ayton at center. So their identity is even more this way this year, which is they are built to play the way that most teams in the modern NBA play. They're built to defend and execute the pick and roll on both ends of the floor. They're going to rotate you to death. They will play the pat. Anyone who watched the TNT game on Tuesday this week against the Clippers will remember they just snuffed out the Clippers offense. You know, you didn't have the talent to go get a bucket against them. They're going to stop you. And on offense, they're going to be able to generate a good shot just about every time, unless you play a style that is not those things. And so that's why the Warriors and Milwaukee both, I think, have a, a real, uh, the Suns have a real problem on their hands because when they play those teams, things slow down. They aren't able to get into what makes them comfortable and they have to go mano a mano. And that has not worked for them. It did not work for them in the finals. 
it, it hasn't worked against the Warriors very often. I mean, the Warriors beat the Suns last year, even in a couple of big moments. So those teams scare me because the Suns have to get uncomfortable. And until we get into a, a playoff moment like that again, I can't sit here and beat my chest and tell you I know for a fact they can do that. So you mentioned a team, a small market team in the NBA where the city starts with the letter M, but you wouldn't face them until the NBA finals. There's another small market team that starts with the letter M that you may have to face before that. And Brandon, let me ask you a quick question. I don't put too much emphasis on one game, but what yeah. happened the last time the Memphis Grizzlies came to Phoenix? The backcourt of John Moran and Desmond Bain face the mythical backcourt of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. What happens if what happened on December 27th were to happen in game one or game two of the I would hope, second round? I would, hope what would, I would hope what would happen is the refs would get the call on the last play of the game right, oh, and John oh, Morant's layup wouldn't oh, count. That would oh, be oh, my so, so, so we're gonna hope. hope. We should get better we're officials not, We're not going to blame it on your top three defense letting that combination score 63 combined points and clearly being the best backcourt on the court. All kidding aside, but the point that I'll say is this, is that I completely understand. And David, you know, I, I've talked about this before on Locked on Grizzlies. Where do the Grizzlies stand when it comes to them being a contender? One of the things that stands out to me is that I wouldn't put them on the same level of the Warriors or the Suns right now. But I will say this. All it takes is one game. Game one or game two of a second round matchup against the Warriors or the Suns, if we were to beat them on the road, this is a different team than one game one versus the Jazz say, last year. I was going to say, you tried that last year. You won game John one. Mitchell Mitchell came back. John Mitchell came back. But John Morant wasn't an all-NBA performer last year. Desmond Bain was not a, a top 10 shooter in the league. And Jaron Jackson Jr. was not playing at a all defensive level. If you True. want to talk about a team that is completely different, Without much change, as a matter of fact, probably taking a bit back more than adding. Sean, let me let me pull you back for a second here. Okay. No offense to your small marketness, because I okay. understand it. <laughs> I, I don't actually think we understand why Memphis is 41 and 19. Like, oh. let's back that up. I think most people that are listening to this on Locked on Warriors, Locked on Suns, Locked on Jazz, or Locked on NBA do not quite understand why Memphis is 41 and 19. John Morant is the headliner that's been on every single one of our Instagram accounts all year long, but there's got to be something else to it. So what is, why is Memphis 41 and 19? And in your mind, why is Memphis legit? Activity and quantity. And that's what allows for us to be right now legit in the regular season. Number one in field goal attempts per game. Number one in offensive rebounds. Number one in rebounds. Number one in steals. Number one in blocks. Activity on both ends of the court. Number one in points in the paint. Top three in second chance points. Points off turnovers. Fast break points. We're basically out activity in everyone to make up a word. And that is what's really helping us out. We're struggling from the three. We're at bottom seven in both three-point percentage as well as three-pointers made per game. But what we're doing is we're making it up with enough quantity when it comes to two-point shots. Many games having five, 10, 15 extra shots per game. That's what's making us legit and consistent right now because we're so good at those things. Here's the 180. Those things work in the regular season. Half-court offense, shooting the three, yeah. defending the three, hitting free throws, passing the basketball well. We do one of those five things right now. 
So while I think we are legitimate in terms of how consistent we are at winning in the regular season, what keeps us from the level of the Suns and Warriors and probably even the Jazz in the playoffs are those things that you're going to have to do. Again, hitting and defending the three, half-court offense, hitting free throws in the playoffs. We've got to do those more consistently to get where we want to get to make this a special season. It surprises me that you said that they're... John, I think that analysis is dead on because I do think the interesting thing... Like from a jazz standpoint, who I think has had some regular season success and playoff failures, one of the problems I think truthfully is the jazz are so well prepared in the regular season. Quinn Snyder and the staff does such an amazing job of preparation. And then as a series goes on, preparation's out the window. When the when the Clippers go five wide and are just driving at you, there's no preparation going mm-hmm. on anymore. We're just we're just talking talent. And and to some extent, when Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets got to game five against us in the in the bubble, I mean, there's some maybe some other issues with the Jazz tenacity and, and their mental fortitude in these matchups. But some of that preparation goes out the window. And so I do think there's a little bit to what you're talking about, Sean, that energy. Taylor Jenkins is the best not talked about coach in the NBA. He might actually just be a top five coach in the NBA. Um, was Quinn Snyder's intern at one point. But, you know, we'll see if he oh. can stay in his back pocket. Um <laughs> The uh, but I, you know, I think that's I think that's a very legitimate kind of that's where playoff basketball is different. The the one fly I want to point in here, Cyrus, we haven't sorry, I haven't gotten to you here. There's two. There's something wrong with the Warriors. We got to talk about. And then oh. I do want to point out one thing on the Suns. And I don't think there's any reason. I, I actually think the whole Suns conversation is a little bit made for podcasting. Like, frankly, the Chris Paul injury thing and everything else. I kind of say to myself, he proved it all last year. Right. Yeah. He got through generally got through a playoff series. Um, the idea that the Suns. You know, I was going to poke at you, Brendan, and say, hey, you don't go to the rim. You don't shoot free throws. You know, you got to be able to do those things. But frankly, somehow you got through the playoffs last year. Do, do any of those warts, that ex- the, the doubts that you had last year at this time, are any of those still real to you? Well, the Chris Paul thing, we're talking as he has a cast on his hand right, right now for All-Star Weekend. So... I can't exactly make any case against that. He also had surgery right after the playoff, right after the finals last year on his hand also. Um, so he wasn't healthy and they, they struggled because of it. They didn't really have the full offensive player that they're used to having. So that is obviously always going to be there. The thing, yeah, it, it's, it's what happens when they need to create an amazing shot and the defense is either like we saw with Milwaukee allowing Booker to get what he wants and basically saying, you know, you might be able to make as many mid-range shots as you want, but that's not going to beat us if somebody does that again, or if, if things just get really tight and a defense is switching everything and somebody just has to go out there and get a, get a great shot. Can they do that? They don't have the talent at those in that particular role, I guess the superstar level role that some other teams that they're going to face are going to have. Cyrus mentioned Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the Lakers. I, I would probably agree. Last year's team, if AD's healthy, they have that, and the Suns did not have that, and they might have won that series. So if the Suns get the wrong side of that stick, the Nets or the Sixers or one of these teams, the Warriors, that can do that, yeah, I, I think that they would have uh, a little bit to answer for. All right, there's a big, huge, fat elephant in the room in Oakland. We're actually in San Francisco now because they abandoned yes. Oakland. Um, yes, yeah. And we're going to discuss it when when we continue. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. BetOnline.net is your home mm. for all of your uh, betting odds in the Eastern Conference. What Milwaukee is plus two seventy five. Brooklyn's plus three hundred. Philadelphia's plus three twenty five. Miami's plus five fifty. And the Celtics, despite the fact they're on fire, is plus 
1,000. Suns, as we said, plus 175. Warriors plus 190. Jazz plus 675. And Memphis plus 1,200. You're telling me there's a two times better chance that the Jazz are going to win the West than Memphis? I've got to admit, I find that hard to fathom. To win the NBA championship, though, we never talked about that. Suns have the best odds at plus 425. Warriors have it at plus 450. Then the Nets, Bucks, 76ers, Heat, Jazz, Celtics, Bulls, Lakers, and then the Grizzlies. That's all at betonline.net where the game starts. Again, and I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me start the segment. Sean's just sour again. Uh, Cyrus, there is, and then we're going to discuss here, which, because here's the scary thing. I'll say this too. All of us could lose in the first round. Very easily. Yeah. Brendan's probably like, eh, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Depends, but depends. Like, could, well, there's a scenario. I actually think all of us, Every single one of us could at least go to seven in, in game one, in series one. I don't think there's any. We question could see that. a Western Conference Finals repeat in the first round, right? Paul, Paul George, Paul George yeah. comes back, and it's the same teams, right? And, and and that series did not go great for the Suns. So I I'm with you. All right, so we'll talk about which of those teams scares in a second. But I got to talk about this. There's the only people in the world who think it's not a big deal that your calf injury is caused by a back injury are the Golden State Warriors. Oh, don't, like, don't, quote, don't put me Green, in that basket. Draymond don't put me in that basket. I'm worried. Calf injury that has been caused by a back injury on an undersized center who's been beat up for his whole career. And he, Steph's great, Clay's great, but Draymond's that team. Like, if Draymond's on that team, they're a title, they're championship contender. And if Draymond's not available, they're not. So what what's the story on Draymond here in the second half of the season, last 28 games? I froze Cyrus out out of that. I just made Cyrus, Cyrus just froze. He just got Lost so scared him. of the idea of Draymond getting hurt that he he, he didn't even have an answer. Oh, no. You, you it's know, like I mean, internet can... Well, I mean, hey, we, under, we understand like big market San Francisco, you don't have much tech. I know you, you guys are behind the tech curve in San Francisco, but now we got you back, Cyrus. What's, okay, what's the story on Draymond? All right, sorry about that. My, I'm, I'm getting a new computer here. Uh, you're absolutely correct that if Draymond Green, not 100%, the Warriors are not winning a championship. It really is that simple. Your, your boy, Quinn Schneider, really said it best uh, when they played a couple months ago that Draymond is the MVP, and he should be uh, in consideration of that. Um, it's a very serious injury. I think any back injury is a very serious injury. Uh, the great news is, in the short term, it looks like Draymond is healed. Um, at this point, he's not playing only because... Uh, they're they're taking a precautionary measure. Again, the Warriors look at the postseason as the real season, right? And that's what they're planning for. But Bob Myers deserves a lot of criticism. He has not fortified that front court to give their bigs, whatever you want to call bigs by this roster, uh, some help. Because James Wiseman hasn't played. He's the only natural center on this roster. The front court of the Warriors right now reminds me a lot of the Suns a year ago. They're thin. Um, and oh, except that you guys actually have DeAndre Aiden, who I love as a big man, and the Warriors have nothing that resembles that. So bottom line is, if Draymond Green is not healthy and roaring, Warriors aren't winning this, plain and simple. Um, so there's a guy named Luke on Dallas 
There's a guy named Jokic, who's really the MVP, except for Giannis is, except for Embiid is, except for the Chris Paul is, except for the Steph Curry is, except for the Kevin Durant is, except for the John Morant deserves some recognition, except for the fact that this league is just beeping loaded right now. Like, you list the top 10 players in the NBA right now, and you are leaving three or four guys out yeah. that are unbelievable right now. It's crazy. Um, like, Devin Booker. Honestly, I did the top 10 the other day and Devin Booker didn't make it. And I think Devin Booker should be discussed as a potential MVP, but I'm going with Chris Paul. Like, I'm not trying to be critical at all. Like neither of the two jazz yeah. guys who are three-time all-stars are going to make your top 10 right now. It's nuts. Um, so there's a guy named Jokic in Den Denver. There's a guy named Luca in Dallas. There's these guys. Um, shoot. What are they called? Oh, the Lakers who will be in like, AD's not playing anytime soon. If you didn't see that ankle injury, that was brutal. Mr. Glass. Um, they, they said he's not. Well, this one was actually not. This was just like actually good. Yeah. Sprayed. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to watch it. Um, they say he's going to be evaluated <laughs> in four weeks, which means he's only playing about the last 10 games of the year at best. They probably only need him for the last five. I don't know what Paul George happens or what happens with Kawhi Leonard. I don't know what happens with Jamal Murray. And frankly, Minnesota's pretty flipping good. I don't know. They remind me of last year's Memphis. I'm not sure they're playoff ready, but so like, who who do you want in the first round? Let's start there. Like, who out of those teams would you say, I got them in the first round, I'm okay? I uh, New Orleans. I want New Orleans or I want Sacramento. They're not, the As they're not in they they're might, not included. There might, but they might get in. That's what's psychotic about all this. They're they literally have a shot at the play-in. Well, crazy. then I'll pick the Kings. I want to play the Kings. <laughs> right. I want to have oh, my okay. And yeah, then let's Zion just pick the worst. Right. Zion's not coming. All right. So ignore the Spurs, the Kings. And the Pelicans and the teams that we've had, which actually, by the way, side note to this, it actually doesn't impact us because I actually think it's almost guaranteed that when we finish the top of the West, it's going to be one, this one, two, three, four is going to be the exact same. There's almost no wiggle room here for any of us to jazz. Can't catch Memphis. I don't think warriors can't catch Suns. Memphis can't catch Warriors We're, unless the jazz slide in Denver or Dallas catch the jazz. But I don't think the jazz are about to go. I mean, if the jazz goes 17 and seven or whatever it is, the rest of the way, I don't think Dallas or Memphis is suddenly going 20 and four. Mm -hmm. So I actually think we're the top four. So of the Correct. teams I mentioned, not the nine and 10 play in teams. Oh wait, that's the Lakers. So not the 10 play in team. Who do you want in the first round? Dallas. Minnesota. Oh, Dallas. I say Minnesota. Dallas. 100% want Dallas. It comes from a rivalry standpoint. It comes from the fact that they have had our number this year, but here's the reason why I want Dallas over Denver. The reason why I want Dallas over Denver, we're 3-0 against Denver this year, 1-3 against Dallas. But against Denver, they have limited our ability on hustle in the paint very well. It's been our self-creation in threes that has beat them. I think that that may be a bit tougher to be able to be consistent with than Dallas, where we've been able to out-hustle, out-rebound, and perform in the paint. And I tell you this, the reason why I want Dallas is because they traded Kristaps. Chris stops in a matchup with how Memphis plays and is successful is a very important X factor in Dallas's favor without him. And don't forget, if we're going to talk about players coming back from injury, there is a player by the name of Dylan Brooks, who absolutely was a star in last year's playoff, both offensively and defensively. If we can approach Luca by throwing bodies at him to at least contain him slightly then I think Memphis's depth and overall quality of players can take Dallas on. And again, that little bit of rivalry really matters. So I'll choose Dallas as the team I want in the first round. And I, I want to hear, hear what Cyrus has to say. I'll say this about Dallas. I was watched them the other night. They're pretty interesting. Like 
you think that they became small because they made all these trades. Everyone says, so Davis Bertans is 6'10". Yeah. Maxi Cleaver's 6'10", 240. Dorian Finney-Smith's on the floor at 6'8". Luke is on the floor at 6'8". And when they didn't, uh, when they had Josh, at one point they had Josh Green on another point they had uh, Jalen Brunson. They're, they're a little, Jalen Brunson's 6'1", but he's a pit bull. Like, there's, it was pretty interesting to me. They were not small at all. In fact, no. they were considerable in the, uh, I'll be very curious to watch their defensive numbers for the next 15 games. I think they might've actually become, it was kind of, oh, oh, they had Spencer Dinwiddie. They had Dinwiddie exactly. I was about to mention five, that. Yeah. Luke at six, eight, Davis Bertans at six, 10, Maxi Kleber at six, 10 and Dorian Finney Smith at six, eight. I was like, Whoa, it, you know, that's, that's, that's Bring not easy. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I will say this. I, I want Minnesota for the simple reason that they have no experience. Uh, they, they have talent. This is the first time in a long time they have talent, but they have no postseason experience. Dallas scares me, actually. Like, for some reason, Luka is starting to follow this trend where he doesn't work out in the offseason, and he waits, and, and you have to wait until, like, for him to get in shape, and he starts lighting it up. And Luka has never gotten out of the first round. I don't want to be the team who fights to him in the first round. I, I, would, I don't want Dallas. Enjoy him. Enjoy Luka. Enjoy that team. I want Minnesota all day, every day. Brendan, who do you want in the first round? I don't want to have to deal with either LA team. I'm more just worried about like as a as a one seed. I feel like the goal is get through it quickly. So those teams <laughs> scare me. I would probably say Minnesota as well in terms of uh, yeah. They Anthony Edwards has actually always played really well against the Suns. I I don't know if he just gets up for it because his two years in the league have coincided with them being really good, and he's that type of player who rises to that that occasion i don't know i don't have a great answer for you but uh minnesota is yeah it's, it's the experience but the suns are in position to get whoever loses the play in tournament so you know i guess maybe minnesota loses that if it's the lakers or the clippers but uh, they don't really get to foreshadow their opponent very well because it's just going to be the worst of the two teams and they're probably going to be happy because of that just to let everyone know here's how it's going to work just because i want to let you know so anthony davis comes back with five games back he gets ready. They play the Spurs in the first game in LA. They win. The Clippers lose to Minnesota in the first game. The Lakers get a second home game, even though they're the night seed, beat the Clippers and play the Suns in the first round of the playoffs. <sighs> oh. Don't do that to me. I did it once. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't no, like, was, unrealistic. It wasn't unrealistic, <laughs> but the thing is that team, what's funny is, so the Suns started one and three this year. Another thing that doesn't get talked about. So they've been on an insane pace since then. What happened during that one and three streak, the one win, they just destroyed the Lakers on the road. So even when the one little week of the season, when the Suns were not elite, they still blew out the Lakers. I just think the rust thing makes them the, the, the reason the Lakers were scary last season. Yes, it was AD and yes, it was lesser to a lesser extent LeBron, but it's, they actually had the perimeter defenders to guard Booker and Paul. They don't have that anymore. So mm -hmm. yes, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, nobody, you know, we're not worried about the about Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I would be stupid to say, but uh, the other pieces, I, I think it's substantially different than it was last year. I'm here for Russ outperforming Chris Paul in the first round, personally. Uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd like to see that. Not betting on it, but hey. I mean, the crazy oh, thing about poking. Russ is he just has such an impact on the game, right? And yes, a lot of the times it's really, really negative, but it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no way you can prevent as the opponent Russ having an impact on the game, right? Russ is going to have a, and so it can go both ways, but it's, I feel like as the opponent, you're not actually in control of this anymore. 
And that's what's so daunting about it is when you prepare for them. I agree on Minnesota, by the way. My reason is because they play it. Two, Anthony Davis doesn't like to play defense, so that's nice. And two, they play a trapping style where they force the ball out of the hands of the ball handler, and all of these teams are good enough to handle that. Their defense is a regular season defense. I interviewed Chris Finch this year. He literally said, for 82 games, this defense works well for us, literally knowing that the Jazz were going to torch them that night because you get four three-point shooters around the outside. Dallas and Denver are who the Jazz are going to play, though. Jazz are going to play either Dallas or Denver, and Jokic has figured out Gobert and I mean, I think Oof. I'd rather play Dallas. I think I'd rather play Dallas than Denver only because Jokic has totally figured out Gobert. By the way, I don't think they can come back and be good, but if Jamal Murray comes back and Michael Porter Jr. comes back, that's maybe the best team in the West other than Phoenix. And frankly, I still would argue the Clippers have the best roster in all of the Western Conference. When healthy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, assuming yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that roster Lawrence Frank has put together is the best roster. I, I, I have to remember that um, Serge Ibaka is not a part of it because I always had this like fantasy of what Serge Ibaka was going to be for them. He obviously never was. Yeah, that's true. It's such I a weird this year d- where we all felt like last season was so impacted by injuries. What I don't think, at least I anticipated, is all those injuries just lasted up till now. So we're still in the same exact gray zone that we were when we were talking projecting out to what the postseason was going to be last year. Jamal Murray, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know, well, Michael Porter Jr. was healthy, but will Kawhi and Paul George be able to stay on the floor? Both of them were healthy, but those are still question marks. And now it's the same thing. It's just all of these long-term injuries that have just cascaded. And it's going to be another year where the top of the West has to play a pretty significant team at the bottom. It's, it's, it's wacky. All right. Final two questions here. Will the four of us be all be in the second round? And will we be doing this again in some capacity before the second round? And if not, who's out? Oh, David, don't put me in a position where I have to like say negative things on my boss's team. Come on, man. Right. I, I, but yes, Utah. I, I, you're, if you're going to play Dallas round, I think you're in trouble. Uh, and, and what sucks is like, I actually like the Utah Jazz. I, I like the makeup of the team. I love Spider. Uh, but yeah, I, I would have to say the Utah Jazz. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it could be the Grizzlies, you know, I, one, one win in the playoffs and right into it. Now the Suns just did that last year and, and maybe they proved to be a little bit of an exception. I think the difference between the regular season and the playoffs is getting way, way bigger. I think it's harder to predict. And I also think teams are tending to come together as a result of that. The, the, the Raptors were in a similar situation. They're young guys were unproven when, you know, when DeMar left and the team changed. And then all of a sudden, Pascal Siakam looks awesome in the final. So it's not to say it can't happen, but I do think the Grizzlies, if we're saying Minnesota's unproven, the Grizzlies are also unproven. We, you know, there's really, they've been better this year, but they haven't shown any more than Cat has. Cat has a playoff win, right? So uh, I think that they easily could struggle. I'm not saying, I'm predicting that they will lose, but it's going to be fun to see what they do to respond. Now, let's see here. So the Grizzlies are unproven in that the Cat has one playoff win and John Morant has one playoff win. Let's break this down a bit here, Brandon. So when it comes to John Morant and Desmond Bain, that right there is a top seven or eight backcourt in the NBA. You have Jaron Jackson Jr., who is a top five defender for much of the season in the NBA. It's been helped by an amazing January. But then you get Dylan Brooks back. Now, I want for you to look at the six potential playoff teams that are going to be either in the Western Conference and in the Eastern Conference. Name me a team 
that has a duo of Jaw and Bane leading their backcourt, which, by the way, is the common denominator between all four, four of us. The four teams in the West are fueled on offense by very, very good dominant backcourts. But name me True. other teams that have a duo of Dylan Brooks on the perimeter and Jaron Jackson Jr. in the post to lead their defense. I know that we're unproven, but we've got a lot of pieces to work with. We may not be on your level, but I would be willing to bet good money. We'll see just how close we are to you or the Warriors level when we meet one of you on the second round this year. Can I give you guys a little secret? Oh, yeah. Donovan Mitchell scored 25, 29, 30, and 30 in four games against Dylan Brooks last year in the playoffs. Just Interesting. Don't, don't tell anyone. Interesting. Also, the de- de- defensive tandems. I mean, Bridges and Aiton, I would take over Bain and Jaron Jackson. I'll so take Bridges. I, and, I have I'll to Bridges, throw that in there. I'll take Bridges and, and Sean Coleman over anyone in the NBA, frankly. Can I add an asterisk to my answer real quick? If the Suns end up playing the Lakers in the first round, I'm going to say I still, you're right in the sense no that way. the Lakers defense is nowhere near what it was last year, but you guys had huge issues front court and they didn't get smaller. So if the Lakers are that eight seed, I could see them being the sons of the first round, but otherwise, yeah, sorry, David. It's, it's I asked Frank Vogel yesterday or two days ago, what he has to do to get back to defense. He basically said, I need a new roster. So oh, I don't ooh. think that's going to happen here. I'll, you want, I'll, if we all want to, if anyone wants a hot take to end, I'll leave with a hot take. <laughs> I actually think Phoenix could be the only team in the Western. I would not be surprised at all if Phoenix is the only team in the Western Conference Finals. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Dallas, Denver, Clippers, Lakers got to the Western Conference Finals to face Phoenix. It would not surprise me. If if the Clippers got healthy, if Denver adds one of these guys, I I don't think there's a big difference between those three teams and our three teams. I really really don't think there's a big difference between two and two and – I guess that's seven in the NBA. Is that two and seven? Yeah, maybe. I've, yeah. Seen, frankly, I've never, I've never seen this much parity in the NBA. It's a long time since we've had a top to bottom evenly distributed. I'm. It's it's fascinating because you're right. It's the West is a little more top heavy, but the East. I mean, anyone can come out of there from one through what six. Uh, right. It's it's fascinating. It's entertaining. Hey, I'm excited. Deep, I'll let everyone have a final say. Deep thought on that one. Had Durant not. Um, been able to do the salary cap avoidance because of the spike. This actually would have been going on for like eight years now. If you actually look back at it and imagine Durant stays in Oklahoma City instead, you actually would have this parity now for about six, seven, eight years in the NBA. But actually, this is what they wanted when they built the collective bargaining agreement and it actually worked. And that's really what's happening here is that the collective bargaining agreement with the luxury tax and all the other things work and the and the added play-in game, which means that everyone's still competing down the end of the yeah. season work. So, you know, I think that's the essence. Anybody got a final hot take they need to get out so that they don't feel they were left out of everything? Is everyone good? Oh, oh, I, I will say this. I, I'm actually going to go to, to my local Publix here, um, and I'm going to get some marshmallows. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them in my pantry, and I'm going to hold them there for the next two months. And then I'm going to take a trip out to San Francisco. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take those marshmallows and I'm going to take them to the Golden Gate Bridge. And okay. when that D'Angelo Russell revenge tour runs right over that Golden Gate Bridge with Anthony Edwards driving the bus that goes across the Golden Gate Bridge, I'm going to sit there and have me some nice s'mores in the remnants that was the Golden Gate Bridge after the Timberwolves thanked to Russell and Edwards 
beat the Golden State Warriors in the oh, first round. That's nice my hot fantasy. take I don't believe in. But, hey, it's going to make for one hell of a s'more, so I'm here for it. Oh, nice fan. You really think D'Angelo Russell is somebody that Dub Nation is worried about? I, I'm oh, laughing no, right no, now. I, 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 we've I hit our, we've hit our quota of the phrase Dub Nation. But I'll tell you this. We were talking about John Rant last night. Have a great day. We're locked on something. Your second listen. We appreciate you.